So Pam, we're going to do something a little bit different today, and we're going to revisit Think, Think Digital. Uh, and for our audience who may not be aware, how would you describe Think and this year's Think Digital? So Think is a conference that IBM puts on, and it's meant to kind of bring together thought leaders, technology experts, uh, our clients, our partners to really talk about pressing problems in business right now and how we can all think together to solve them. So we ended up converting the event to a digital format. So we ended up hosting a lot of sessions online and uh, had people come. We ran sessions at a couple different times through the day. We had some that were on demand. We had virtual labs. We had, we had all manner of different topics. And we covered everything from humanitarian law and uh, STEM access for everyone, to cybersecurity deep expertise sessions that our particular part of the business put on. And uh, it was a lot of content. <laughs> it really was. And it happened over a couple of days in May. Uh, I think the 5th and the 6th, if you're, you're looking at your calendar. And I think the thing that really surprised me was the event in San Francisco is always really well attended. And we see a lot of our partners, a lot of our clients and, and our friends. Plus, as IBMers, we get to see each other. But the ability to bring Think Digital uh, to a totally different scale online uh, was really exciting this year. My big takeaway was that the digital event was an incredible way to, you know, pivot away from, uh, you know, a, a world where we're staying safe away from each other uh, while, while still having that human interaction. So I really liked it. Yeah, I do think the digital event went really well, um, considering it was the first time that we had done that and we pivoted <laughs> real quick to make it happen. And I had talked about some of the sessions. And although we've got sessions that are still available for replay up to 12 weeks post-event, uh, we were going to recap a couple of them here in this podcast episode. This is the Security Intelligence Podcast, where we discuss cybersecurity industry analysis, tips, and success stories. I'm Pam Cobb. And I'm David Moulton. In this episode, we're going to run through some brief clips that we've selected out of all the content that we think help give a bit of the think flavor, but are also going to be security specific. So our first clip actually comes from a conversation that the general manager of IBM security, Mary O'Brien had with our uh, VP of threat intelligence, Wendy Whitmore. Now also um, joining them in the session was a gentleman named George Epen, who was the global CIO of Petrofac. Uh, now you won't hear George in the clip, but what you will hear Wendy do is kind of talk about the difference in the threat landscape now compared to pre-COVID-19. Let's hear it. You know, there's some interesting aspects of this crisis that are a little bit different than some global cyber incidents we've seen in the past. Um, first, this pandemic is obviously a health crisis, right? So that means people are um, in particular insecure about their health, their physical safety, and their financial safety right now due to some of the economic activity going on. All of that has an impact on people's health. And then because of that, we've obviously had to quarantine or self-isolate. And so many of us are looking for more information than we normally might. And we may be doing things like spending more time uh, watching the news or reading the news or reading emails and checking social media sources. So um, all of those areas kind of contribute, right, to this chaotic environment. And um, so 
typically during a stressful event like this, um, attackers might have a regional event, right? Like a wildfire or a hurricane that they can take advantage of. But the big difference here is that this is a major global event where you have billions of people right in across the globe that are impacted that are now working remotely that have changed their behaviors and ultimately all of this really combines to create this increased attack surface right for attackers i had a unique perspective working on this content with mary and wendy and to a degree with george uh, as i talked to mary what was clear was our client success was the first and uh, foremost concern. She wanted to make sure that uh, we were able to bring uh, the right types of uh, partnerships and offers uh, to our clients. And so I think that that came out there in what she talked about with George and this is an opportunity to innovate. And then with Wendy, you know, a lot of us might feel like this has been a time of chaos, a, a time when we're unsure of what's going on. And she gave me this quote, uh, she talked about how this is just a usual day for the incident response team, uh, any incident response team, really. And they they train for this and they're prepared. And so that was uh, the type of thing that, you know, in, in reflecting on it, I felt comfort to know that the IBM business and our partners were in good hands, had great leaders. And you see that reflected, I think, in the, the conversation with George, too, um, you know, how his experience has been with, with IBM. So I really like the, the phrase that Wendy used, the usual day, because we've, we're addressing a lot of the same challenges we've had before, just maybe in a different location or maybe in a different volume or rate of frequency. And, and our next clip actually speaks to one of those kind of usual day threats. Um, we have some really talented researchers in IBM X-Force Red, uh, including Snow, who you're going to hear from in just a minute. And she really talked about um, phishing attacks and how they've accelerated really ugh, enormously. <laughs> um, so let's listen to that clip now. 70 to 90% of all malicious breaches are due to social engineering and phishing attacks. That is a huge number. I've heard a lot of organizations say, why should we test for social engineering? We know that someone's going to click on a link or give out information on a phone call. And yes, that's fair. That's a valid point. However, don't you want to see how your employees are doing over time? If you're paying all this money for security awareness training, you want to make sure it's working. And my favorite part about testing for social engineering is seeing how employees respond and seeing how the internal blue team responds, right? If you send out this mass phishing campaign to a thousand people and nobody reports it, that's an issue, or maybe they do report it, but the blue team is not taking, you know, they're taking their time. They're not following up very fast. And in that process, I'm able to capture credentials or install some type of malicious payload onto the target's machine. So there's a lot of benefits that organizations can get from social engineering campaigns. You know, listening to Snow, the things that really come to mind for me are training, um, that education uh, that you can give to your your user base, your employees, uh, because if you don't know what to look for uh, as an employee and you're not expecting to look for something in your email in particular, um, then you're not going to find it. So that is is critical. Yeah, I, when I start thinking about 
first line of defense. I mean, it's it's a thing that we talk about to death in cybersecurity because it's true and also horrible at the same time. And in our next clip, we've actually got John Wheeler, who is the IBM security um, business unit CISO, and also Melissa Toman, who's one of the directors for our client services org. And in this, you'll hear Melissa talk about some of the things that we can do for users and to improve better user education. The first line of defense is your, are your users, it's you and your users. And so while phishing can be a persistent threat, the way to protect yourself or to combat it is to inform your employees about the dangers of oversharing information on the internet. This is really important because we see threat actors um, target employees of companies and then you try to use that data against them, just from things that they're sharing on social media and on the internet. So conducting training on how to spot phishing emails, as well as providing the opportunity on how to spot and report suspicious emails through regular testing campaigns is important. But also informing your users in that training about how to protect themselves, their own personal data online, and also reminding them that they're a representative of your company is really important. We recommend routinely providing role-based education as well with updated phishing attacks used by attackers. And what I mean by that is warning employees to be aware of emails that create a sense of urgency or come from an external address where it's targeting something that they do within the company. So if they're in finance, something related to financial information, or if they're in the supply chain, something about order fulfillment. So after hearing you know, that great advice from Melissa, I want to circle back actually to Wendy, who opened up our clip segment and uh, quote her from a different session where she was talking with some other leaders about how to actually lead in this time of chaos and, you know, accelerating threats. So let's listen to what Wendy has to say. We want to um, focus on how do we um, effectively manage through this disruption instead of improvising through chaos and feeling like we go to work every day and it's another set of improvisational techniques, right? Um, in order to do that, mindset's a critical factor. We need to realize that this current situation, it may be the new normal for longer than we initially expected. And so what we're asking our teams to do is embrace it in a disciplined manner um, and really create innovative solutions on how we can drive success to each of our teams and in turn to all of our clients' teams. So now is really the time for leaders and innovators to step up and um, to focus not on improvising, but on really managing in a disciplined approach. So Pam, I'm guessing you caught it and it's stuck in my mind, this phrase that Wendy uses, which is managing through chaos instead of improvising. And I think that that's the sentiment that all security leaders have an opportunity to keep in mind, right? The rest of the business is looking to security to help here, um, to have a, a managed and disciplined approach that they can rely on. Uh, and that then permeates out from you know a playbook uh, and an approach to security uh, where we're protecting the users, uh, but it also you know reflects back into how are we going to protect uh, the protectors? How are we going to make sure that the analysts are uh, safe? And that's going to require some changes to your playbook, right? You got to react to the fact that this is a health event, so things like masks 
uh, and gloves in your toolkit uh, so that when you grab your go bag, you're actually ready to go for the digital and the physical threats that are out there. Um, that is managing through chaos instead of improvising. One of the things that I really liked about the Think Digital event and so many other events that have gone virtual in this time has been the opportunity to learn without honestly putting myself out, <laughs> without having to travel or spend money. There's been so many free resources available. And it's not just watching um, interesting and engaging sessions at virtual events. I mean, also shout out to the session with... Uh, former IBM CEO, Jenny Rometty and Will I Am. I did not know what to expect going into that session, but it far exceeded my expectations. But beyond that, I think, you know, if you're on Instagram at all since social distancing and a lot of the sheltering in place act orders went into place, people are just learning new things. And, and sure, maybe it's how to make sourdough bread or, you know, smaller, craftier things. But there's so many resources and opportunities out there. Um, and a lot of what actually Jenny and Will I am talked about was the P-Tech school. Um, there's one in New York, I think we're up to dozens now that are actually in place. And that is, you know, helping students learn and prepare for careers in technology. And there's so many other free resources out there. If you're early in your career or looking to make a change, we'll have some links in the show notes for places you can go and whether it's AI and machine learning or our cybersecurity, like definitely take some time to invest in yourself and really learn some new skills. Pam, you mentioned the P-Tech, and that's actually been an area that you know, I've been looking at because they've opened up another campus here in Austin. I think it's one of the coolest programs. You know, if you're not familiar with P-Tech, you can go check it out. But as a you know, grade nine through twelve, it's an opportunity to work on your your high school and your post secondary at the same time, and then that springs you into you know opportunities in the workforce. I'll be honest; there's a part of me that wishes that was available when you know I was a, that age just to have mentoring and, and different opportunities in front of me as a, as a young person uh, would have been so cool as I've had chance to, you know, dig in on some things that I normally wouldn't, you know, I've tried to learn a new operating system. Uh, I've gone completely to, to my iPad and figured out different ways of automating things and um, you know, how do I become more efficient? And it reminds me of some of the work that I'm seeing done in security where, you know, automation is really important. So I've drawn some inspiration from that. And then, you know, working on a completely different platform, you know, I want to make sure that uh, I don't give up years of, of working on a Mac and, and make a, make a jump too soon. But it's really pushed me to really rethink how I use computers and it's been exciting. Well, that's it for this episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. Don't forget you can check out Replaced, the sessions we've mentioned with links in the show notes. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Thanks for listening.